0: Welcome to Rollin' with Ungayo, a travelogue with weed. Join us every week as intrepid chronosaur Ungayo Bilam talks about life from the road. Every week brings a new city. Every week is a new adventure. Every week three are buses to take, foods to eat, friends to make, ideas to share, and joints to smoke. All that and dessert first. And now, here he is, the globetrotter of ganja, the dank diplomat, the bard of buds, Ungayo Bilam.
1: Hey, hey, hey! Good morning, or morning to noon, or evening, or tide, or erasmus. I don't even know what day it is. It's Monday, actually. It's September 20-somethings, and this is Rolling with Guile theme music by the Harley White Jr. Orchestra, and words by me. I am in Portland, Oregon this week. I just, uh, I'm staying at the fabulous... Eastside Lodge Motel. It's not the fanciest motel, but it's right in the heart of town across the street from the Union Jack Strip Club. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, it's just one of those things. Whenever I tell somebody, I'm at the Eastside Lodge. They're like, oh, it's across the street from the Strip Club. So apparently that's what you do here. You stay at the hotel and then you go <laughs> to the Strip Club. Uh, I've been here uh, just for a couple days, actually. I was up for the Portland, the 12th annual Portland Hempstock. I got to be the MC. This Hempstock has been around for 12 years, like I just said. It's a, a really fun one, way more low-key, I think, than the Seattle Hempstock. But in some ways, it has a little more heart and a little more sincerity. A lot of the speakers that they bring up here at the Portland Hempstock are, are super deep into the social justice and the freedom and the Hemp Can Save the World Aspect of the hemp plan, not always so much. And let's just get high, blah 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 blah, sort of thing. Um, there were great speakers. There were great. I got to be the MC, so I was on the stage, not on the stage, but at least next to the stage, pretty much the whole weekend. Chomsky Peltier was there, and he is Leonard Peltier's oldest son. As you know, Leonard Peltier is a political prisoner. He's been in uh, jail for twenty, thirty years now, uh, and it's you know it's bogus charges. But his, he was there. He did some speaking. This guy named Barry rides the rainbow from Montana, an old rainbow family. If you know about anything about the rainbow gatherings and the those guys who are like super, super deep, super crazy, way deep. I can't tell you how deep into the hippie magic those cats are. So he came and and talked about marijuana and freedom and things and and this is, and this is one of the things and I, I think this is one of the, the the overwhelming overriding themes of this weekend at the Portland Hemp and while all this great legalization and, and listen legalization is great dude I drove up from Sacramento. Weed in my car, not even tripping, you know what I'm saying? do you you know the last time I didn't worry about having a few ounces of marijuana in my car as I drove through three states, well, probably the last time I drove from California to washington but it's it's a very relaxing feeling to know that they can't sweat you over having weed it's it's i i can't I can't speak on it enough, but it's a social justice issue of the marijuana I think that is falling by the wayside a lot of ways as everybody jumps in to get on the money wagon. You know, everybody wants to be the apple of pot or the Yahoo of pot or the Uber of pot or the Duber of pot. Let's remember to keep people out of jail. Can we remember that? Can we remember that keeping people out of jail is the reason we started this whole thing? Just so people could smoke some weed in peace to grow some weed in peace. You know, it's not always about making sure everybody gets a chance. And, 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 see, and, and that's the thing. It's not even about making sure everybody gets a chance to make some money. These guys are going around trying to make sure that only a few people get a chance to make some money. And that's not cool. But really, social justice. we got to make sure that we keep people out of jail and we let people out of jail. There's a lot of – okay, so Proposition 64 is on the ballot in California. We go to vote for it in November, and it would legalize marijuana and let adults – grow some plants and let adults possess a few ounces of marijuana and keep a lot of people out of jail. And there's a lot of people still want to vote. No. Uh, oh, it's over regulation. Oh, only the rich will get richer, which is not true. There are definitely provisions there to keep uh small scale marijuana growers in the loop and to keep them happy and to keep them making money and, and businessy. But also there are a lot of people with court cases pending right now with marijuana court cases pending right now in California where the lawyers and the judge is like, well, we're not even going to do anything until after the election because then we'll know. Right? So if if the voters legalize, if the voters vote yes on Prop 64, then all these court, court, court cases go, if the voters vote yes on Prop 64, all of these court cases go away. Right? Keeping people out of jail is really one of the most important things that we can do as cannabis activists. Nobody should ever have to go to jail for marijuana. It's just stupid. It's ridiculous. It's beyond dumb. It's a waste of time and resources and energy. We could be out catching rapists. We could be out teaching children. We could be doing all kinds of things other than going to jail for marijuana. It's just, it's as the lawyers would say, it's ridiculous face which is always a favorite little bit of lawyerly word. I think they probably say something like prima facie, which means at first face or some shit like that. But I just like to say on its face. I like whenever I'm talking to lawyers, I like to throw on its face in as a phrase every once in a while. I heard a stupid joke the other day. How come the pepper hunter couldn't use his bow? Because he didn't have an arrow. I don't know why that just occurred to me, but I thought I'd throw that in as a segue. I completely forgot that we had to discuss dessert first. I didn't have any really store-bought restaurant desserts last week, as I can recall. But Felicia, uh, part of the hospitality team at the Portland Hempstalk, made so many good treats. There were oatmeal cookies and chocolate cookies and chocolate chip brownies and banana nut brownies and gluten-free double chocolate brownies that I didn't even notice they were gluten-free. They were good. So that's a pretty good touch. Non-medicated sorry, you guys, I can't eat a lot of weed food and talk. I don't know about you. Maybe you can, maybe you can eat 300 milligrams of THC and still have a conversation. I just want to sit on the couch at that point. So let's talk about Portland. I've been hanging out in Portland. Since 1991, maybe 92, perhaps. Um, It's always been a very cool town, man. It's, it's, got gorgeous scenery it looks great at night something about the big river and the way that they have all the buildings painted i feel like portland while it looks cool in the daytime it looks even better at night which is uh i feel that portland and i have that sort of thing in common there's always good food of course the rents are higher than they used to be this is just you know it happens when you're a popular city i guess but here's the thing about portland like To me, Portland is like that kind of person where, you know, you guys get along great, right? You talk, you have a lot of things in common, you talk, you chop it up, you kick it really well, you have good food together, you know, you have great sex together, you hang out, you talk about books, you read, there's so many bookstores and strip clubs in Portland, it's crazy. And then you think, well, maybe maybe we could take it to the next level, right? Hey, Portland, you and I, we've been kicking it for a couple years, off and on. Every time I see you, we have a good time. Maybe we should think about, Kicking it up a notch. Maybe we should move in together. And you think about moving to Portland and you start to think, yeah, I don't know, man, you're kind of pretentious. Sometimes you don't really have any black friends. And you know, I know, you know that you don't have any black friends. It's, a, it's an interesting thing about Oregon is that black people were prohibited by the state constitution. You hear me? The state constitution prohibited black people from living in or residing in or, They're even passing through Oregon until the 20s. So it's a challenge. And I know it's almost a catch-22, right? Uh, Portland knows they need more black people, but more black people aren't moving to Portland until more black people are living in Portland. Although I do know a few, like my homie Jesse moved out here from the south, and he loves it. He's not going back. And one of my oldest homies from San Francisco moved up here a couple years ago, and he loves it. And he's not going back. So slowly but surely, Portland is developing, uh, cultivating, cultivating is a cultivating a larger black community. I don't know where they're going to put them because they've already moved everybody out of the old black community. But that's a different story. (laughs) So when we come back, we'll talk a little more specifically about the Portland hemstock and Portland marijuana in general right here on Roland with Umgayo.
0: Rollin' with Dungayo needs to roll some commercials from our sponsors, so stay right here. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts, and meet industry requirements, and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants? <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com.
1: Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at OrangeHillDevelopment.com. Educator, author, and advocate Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues.
0: Author Catherine Hiller and her great new book, Just Say Yes Marijuana Memoir. So I love the way you use time in the memoir. I started it at the present time, and I described a visit to my dealer, and then I would go backward in time so that every chapter starts a little bit earlier. I do not feel that marijuana has in any way harmed my life. It certainly hasn't led me to the streets. It's led me to a more joyful life experience.
1: Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com.
0: Rollin' with Ungayo is back, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're welcome.
1: And we're back. We thank you for your kind ears here on Rollin' with Ungayo. I'm Ungayo Belam, in case you were wondering. N-G-A-I-O, Belum, is how you spell it. Here's the thing about the Portland Hempstock, which is, is, is one of my favorite cannabis events. Um... Mostly because it has a lot of heart. It's very sincere. It's full of fight and fire. They're still fighting sometimes with this. And when I say fighting, you know, it's not like violence, it's not clubs and sticks and pitchforks or whatnot. But it, in some ways, it is easier to throw a marijuana event where marijuana is illegal because everybody can just be like a little cowboy outlaw and we can have a little secret underground spot and put a cloud in the air. But now that there's all these regulations and there's the Clean Air Act, so oh, well, you can't smoke anything in a park. You know, you're also... And so they try to deny uh, the permit last year for the Portland Hempstock in 2015 because we did it in 2014. They're like, well, there are people smoking weed in the park. Well, you know, it's a marijuana festival. People smoke weed in the park. And, and uh, you're also not supposed to drink in the park, but they throw a brewery fest twice a year, you know. And so there's drunk people all, all around that park. They, they, those guys never have a problem getting a permit. So it's just one of those things that you have to fight against. And while up in Seattle Hemp fest, it's maybe a little easier back in the days of, of outlawism because there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And if there's 50,000 people in the spot, 10 cops can't just show up and start arresting people and hauling people away for smoking weed, it would never work. But the Portland Hempstock is a smaller attendance and doesn't really get as crowded as it used to back in the day. See, they used to throw it. At Kelly Point Park, you can get out your Google Maps and look up all these things. It's a Tom McCall waterfront park now. But they used to throw it at Kelly Point Park, which was out in the boonies. And in some ways, Kelly Point Park was kind of a pain in the ass because it's not very well served by public transportation. It's kind of hard to get out to. Uh, and even when you get off the bus, you still got to walk another mile and change to get to the park proper. But once you got there, right, there's low police presence. It's a big old field. There's thousands of people. Everybody's just chopping up, smoking weed, and camping in the woods and having a great time. But I think that the city appreciated that even less than they appreciate uh, hemp stock now. So they've moved it to a park that's closer to downtown, but they've been very stickly Uh, And persnickety about keeping people from blazing up. And so no one really blazed up. But all that does is it just makes everybody go across the street and stand in the heart of downtown and smoke their joints and then come back into the Hemp Fest. And that's not really... I feel like that would make neighbors even more upset. If you just keep it in the park, dude, you have no problems. You have no problems. Who doesn't... And I guess some people don't like the smell of weed. Me, of course, weed always smells like safety to me. It smells like Good times and mellowness and perhaps some good food. And there might be dancing. I hope there's dancing. You know? But, uh, some people, they smell it. They just smell criminals and black people, so they freak out. Which is funny, because white people smoke way more weed. There weren't even that many black people at the festival, even though there was a lot of good hip hop. Um, there's a couple good hip hop groups out of Portland, YDS. Check those guys out. Young Gates and the YDS crew. I enjoy them. Very much. Let's talk about the music for a minute. So, Bad Dog was there. If you guys don't know Bad Dog, that was the band uh, that was fronted by the late great John Trudell. T R U D E L L. Look him up. He just passed away this year. Uh, rest in peace. He was a fighter, man. He was a warrior. He was a Native American cat. I can't remember the tribe. Uh, Chippewa. And he was. He'd been around for a while. A great poet. Not only a great poet and a and a visionary, but he was, if you remember the American Indian movement from the 60s and 70s when they took over Alcatraz, when they went to take Alcatraz back, he was on that squad. He was on that team. He's done so much to further the cause of peace and hope and humanity and rights and legalization, and uh, we miss him, but his spirit lives on. So his band was there. They got a new lead singer, John Raffaello, and he did some good things, with some good poems, and their music is always nice. And then there were a couple of other bands, I'm trying to remember who was there, you know, I'm in kind of a marijuana fog, maybe because, just because they say you can't smoke, that's the thing, right, you can't tell a pot smoker that they can't smoke weed, because they're going to go smoke weed, it's like telling a drunk that they can't have a drink, they're going to find a way to have a drink, man, that's just how people do, it's what we do, it's what we do out here. We smoke pot, especially this close to harvest season. I hope everybody is getting their harvest equipment ready. If you need some trimmers, call me up. I know some teams. I don't think we're coming out to Nashville to trim your outdoor weed, but if you're out in the Mendocino Hills or the Humboldt Valleys or the California coast, we will come help you trim your marijuana. I love to trim marijuana, and it's mostly because of the finger hash right and and that's one of my favorite things is your hands get all sticky and then you get to roll all the little keith and small leaves off your hands into a nice little makes you feel like you accomplished something you trimmed like a pound of weed and now you have a gram or two of delicious finger hash it's really they don't sell finger hash in dispensaries so you have to make it yourself and that's great And there's really only one thing better than finger hash, and that's the hash that you collect off the thighs of the virgins as they run naked through the cannabis fields, very close to harvest, but that's rare, right? Where are you going to find a virgin in Humboldt County? But I kid, people. It's a joke. They're all in Southern Oregon. No, they're not, because I've been there twice. Now, look, back to Portland. It's got great public transportation. The bus costs two fifty, and you get a transfer, so you can roll around for half a day on your $2.50 and go just about anywhere you want even to the airport you can go to the airport for three bucks i, I drove this time because uh weed in the car but other than that, it's great Ooh. that's another thing i did i totally forgot on the way up to portland i stopped at my, uh, at my homie's farm which may be in humboldt it may be in mendocino it may be in trinity county i'll never tell because even though marijuana is mostly legal it is still not legal and i'm just not that type of dude But, uh, man, the buds are getting big. Everybody's got fantastic marijuana. It hasn't rained too much yet. Everything is getting all juicy and stinky. The whole valley is starting to smell like skunks and pot. And it uh, I I don't know about you guys, but I I love marijuana. I love it. I love it so much. I like to watch it grow. (laughs) I like to – do everything. I just spent a day just walking around the farm and rubbing stalks and smelling my fingers. And I know that sounds kind of kinky, and in a way, it kind of is. But maybe not kinky, but sensual. You know what I'm saying? Is it sensual? Right. People are sensual. Things are sensuous. No, people are sensuous. Things are sensual. So it was a sensuous delight for me to sensually rub my hands. I don't know. I, language can be confusing this early in the morning. But I'm saying... If you get a chance to walk through a marijuana garden, especially at this time of year, please, please take advantage of it. Run naked. Run naked through the fields, everybody. Wishing you that's what I would wish for you this fall, just fields of marijuana that you can run naked and traipes, traips around, gallivant even. You can gallivant, you can traipse, you know what I'm saying? Through through the marijuana. And dream pleasant dreams of hash. And concentrates, and that's the thing that we also have to talk about. As I ramble on this beautiful Monday morning here, Tremors may start to be uh, an endangered species in some sort of ways. You understand? Because when when I first came up, <clears throat> they pay you by the pound. It's it's piecework, right? So you show up, they pay you a couple hundred bucks a pound, and then it's on to you to to get it in to do it up. And a lot of cats don't do it like that anymore. They want to pay you an hourly rate. Uh, and while the hourly rate may be higher than the minimum wage, I don't know if it's still as effective or or, or makes it as worthwhile for you to trim the marijuana if you're not going to make the same money that you would make. And also with the rise of concentrates and dabs and all these things, a lot of the concentrate companies, they don't need trimmed weed. They actually want the weed untrimmed. So the grower doesn't even have to hire a trimmer. He's got to cut the tree down and cut the branches off and send it off to the machines, man. And, um, You're cutting out a whole line of work for some people, right? Concentrate makers don't give a shit about bag of peel. They don't care that the the nugs are all nicely trimmed and manicured and the sugar leaves are off and there's no crow's feet or whatever. They just want a bunch of things to run through the extractor. Uh, Somebody was telling me, and that's an interesting thing, too, about up here in Portland because we hung out at the Northwest Cannabis Club. It's on Powell, and it's a social club for cannabis users, right? So it's like a private club. So the first time you go, it's 20 bucks for your lifetime membership card. I'm card number 3172. Don't steal it. Don't go in there and pretend you're me because that would just be a drag because I'm going to lose this card and I show up and I'm going to tell them my number, you know. Uh, so it's 20 bucks the first time and then it's like five bucks every other time after that. Just do a little cover charge. You got to help with the rent. And then once you get in, there's couches and there's tables and there's snacks and there's, Rock'em Sock'em robots and a chess set and card games and board games. There's little stages. They do bands. They have music. They do comedy nights. And then you, they don't, they don't. They're not allowed to sell any cannabis on the premises, so you have to bring your own. But it's just a nice, chill place, especially if you're if you're from out of town, because that's the thing with a lot of these new cannabis laws. It's great. The cannabis is legal. Now you can have weed and you can smoke weed in the privacy of your own home. But uh, what if you came from out of town? You don't have a home, right? All these new rules, you can't even get a smoking room in a hotel anymore. I'm at the Eastside Lodge. The reason I used to stay at the Eastside Lodge back in the day is because they have smoking rooms. You can come in and put a cloud in your room. Nobody would trip. You leave a couple bucks for the cleaning service. Everybody have a great time. Now they don't have smoking rooms, right? So people need a place to smoke. That's just how it goes. That's just one of the deals of marijuana. That's what you do with marijuana is you smoke. It. I mean, you can eat it, but most people like to smoke it. So when you get to the Northwest Cannabis Club, they get a variety of bongs and papers and grinders and blunts and dab rigs and all those sort of things. So I was hanging out with this person. So I'll tell you more about the Northwest Cannabis Club and people in just a few minutes. we we'll come right back on rolling with the
0: Rolling with Dungaia needs to roll some commercials from our sponsors, so stay right here.
1: The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Voober vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens.
0: Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Voober vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the
1: Boober way. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play.
0: It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers? yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc is even hot proof by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know? Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Yo yo yo, it's
1: your boy T.J. Shred that, James. You listen to Doctor Bean on Cannabis Confidential. L.A. What up?
0: Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. I
1: feel like palm trees, make California.
0: Roland with Ungayo is back, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're welcome.
1: And we are sacchareliac back. I don't even know why I said that. Hash. So there I am. Sitting at the Northwest Cannabis Club, I'm at the outdoor section because that's the thing, the clean air act, you can do your vaporizing inside, but if you want to smoke some trees, you got to sit out back. And here's the thing, sometimes they had a couple little fire pits, there was a a young smooth hippie playing his, his acoustic guitar, and he could actually play which was really nice. I actually had wished that I had brought some percussion instruments so I could have sat in. I could have sat in with young homie because he had some nice jazz chords. He had nice steel. He had a good vibe. So he's sitting in the back, just noodling around on his guitar, and everybody else is sitting outside, smoking a joint, socializing, sitting next to the fire pit. Man, it was great. It was was big city living at its finest. So I'd offer a hit to uh, a person that I knew, from the Portland Hempstock, and she's like, I don't even really smoke flowers anymore. I just smoke dabs. But she didn't even say flowers. She called it uh, pre-run. That's a new thing, right? So, apparently, marijuana before you put it through the dab maker is pre-run marijuana, and then after it comes out, in in that oil stuff, it's called post-run, which, listen, I know that language is fluid, right? It's not outdoor weed anymore. It's sun-grown marijuana, right? It's There's always something. It's not uh, recreational use. It's adult use of marijuana. It's not weed. It's medical marijuana. There's always, language is constantly fluid and changing, which is one of the things I like about it. But sometimes it's also, I think, a bit silly. She could have just said, I don't really smoke weed. I just like that. I don't don't fuck with pre-run marijuana. I just use the post-run marijuana, which is fine. But I just thought it was an interesting thing. But here's the thing about the dabs, man. That's a lot of THC, and you're going to build up a tolerance, right? The more dabs you do, the more dabs you're going to do. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I like to keep hash as a treat, and then it knocks me on my ass and makes me crazy hungry and quiet, and sometimes I just really need to shut up and eat. So that's one of the things. Speaking of eating, when we were in Portland, we hit a couple good spots. Went out to the secret room, which is uh, down the street from the Wonder Hall, right next door to the Toro Bravo. I'm sure that clears it right up for you. You can look it up. It's upstairs. It's a cool spot. Apparently, it used to be like a Scottish Rights Hall or a Workers of the World Hall. If you've ever been to Eugene, you know the Wow Hall out there is a cool little spot that they've repurposed into a performance venue. And this is kind of the same thing. So they got a nice, slightly clubby bar upstairs where we sat around and listened to Paul Simon going to Graceland while we ate pickled devil's eggs. Pickled deviled eggs. Not the devil's eggs. That would be weird. But we ate pickled deviled eggs. And there was a band playing next door, and everything was groovy. But they had all these cool pictures, cool things that I liked about the, the secret room. As you walked up the steps, they had all these cool vintage pictures. First of all, they made me feel right at home because they had a lot of pictures of black people on the wall. There was Duke Ellington, there was Cab Calloway, there was Booker T. Washington, there was Andrew Young. There was—they could probably could have used a few more. Now that I look back on, a few more pictures of black women on the walls, with all the black dudes. All the old-school dudes, Duke Ellington, Cab Calloway, all these cats. There was uh, ambassadors, senators, all sort of black people up there. And then there was they had pictures from, I guess it used to be a Scottish Rite temple, like I said, so they had pictures from the 30s and 40s and all the lodge meetings and, and Scottish Rite people and all that stuff. And it was just really cool, man. It was a nice little slice of Portland history and, and Portland food, and it was great. So I recommend The Secret Room. If, if you're looking for places to go to eat, in Portland, I recommend The Secret Room. I also recommend uh, Pine State Biscuits for lunch. And I like yeah, voodoo donuts, I guess. is cool. Everybody goes to voodoo donuts. I feel like their donuts are too sweet. And I don't like to stand in line for donuts. You guys, it's a donut. It's a nice donut. And the pink box is cute and suggestive, but it's still a donut. So that's it. So when you come to Portland, smoke weed, eat good, say hello to the black people, <laughs> If you can find them, (laughs) be yourself and have a good time. Next week, I'm going to be in San Diego for the Kush, not the KushCon, that's not happening. I'm going to San Diego with my son for the TwitchCon, which is like a gamer, a video gamer convention. I don't even, I've never even been on Twitch. I guess I'll have to figure it out. So I'll be in San Diego next week, just hanging out at the TwitchCon. If you see me, say hi. And then I come back up and it's almost time for the Humboldt Harvest Fest and then the Emerald Cup is coming up and there'll be a bunch more things. Find me on the Twitter, N G A I O four two zero. That's also me on Instagram and Periscope and probably some other social media things. Oongayo guyobeelum, that's me. Find me on the Facebooks. I will say hello. You see me in the street and we have time. Let us smoke a joint. Alright, so This is the fourth episode. do you really keep out? Some people do. I'm not like that. The third or fourth episode of Rollin' with them Guile. I'd like to thank my producer Brasco. I'd like to thank everybody over at cannabisradio.com. I give a shout out to my homie Russ. If you want to sponsor us, give us a call. Find us out. We'll throw your ad right here on my hot little show, and it'll be a great time. Find me on all the social media, you guys. Call me at home if you have my number, and I will talk to you soon, at least next week, right here on Rolling with Oongano.